Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. Well, today is February 27th. We're in Mark chapter 9. We're reading through, you remember, the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Well, beginning in verse 1, here's what Mark says. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in power. What is Jesus talking about? Well, at least three things. First, many of the people standing there would see the resurrected Christ, a great demonstration of power, the ultimate sign proving Jesus is who he claimed to be, the Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Then next they would see the Spirit of God poured out on the early church on the day of Pentecost. 3,000 people get saved. Jesus reclaims the nations to himself. That's a pouring out of the Spirit on all flesh, a fulfillment the prophecy from Joel. But then they also got to experience Peter, James, and John, the transfiguration of Jesus. Watch, here's where it happens right here. Verse 2, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, led them up on a high mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus's appearance was transformed. They got to see his glory and his clothes became dazzling white. It's like he became to, he began to glow far wider than any earthly bleach could ever make them. And then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking to Jesus. Peter exclaimed, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let us make three shelters as a memorials, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He said this because he really didn't know how to respond, what else to do. They were all terrified. So Peter's just kind of rambling on. He's not really sure what to do in this moment. Verse 7, then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son. Listen to him. So the father affirms the son and affirms to Peter, James, and John they can trust Jesus. He is my dearly beloved son. Listen, I want you to hear that for yourself. You know, the truth is when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible says we are adopted into his family. You are his dearly beloved son or daughter. He loves you. He's crazy about you. Verse nine, as they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anybody what they had seen until the son of man had been risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves, but often they asked each other what he meant by rising from the dead. Well, the reason Jesus says, keep it to themselves is Jesus is walking this fine line. On one hand, he's preaching the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I am the Messiah. And he's doing these miracles, right? And he's teaching about the kingdom. But he's trying to be careful. It is veiled to a degree because he's got to go to the cross. If everybody became convinced Jesus was the son of God, they wouldn't have put him on the cross. And he needs to go to the cross to make atonement for all mankind. And so he's careful about that. And then, of course, on the third day, he would rise from the dead. The disciples didn't really understand yet that Jesus was going to literally die. And so they had a hard time understanding the idea that he would be raised from the dead. All right, verse 14, watch this. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd standing around them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with the disciples.
And when the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. I suspect that there's some lingering glory as Jesus comes down the mountain after the transfiguration, and everybody sees that, and they're filled with awe and wonder, and they come and bow before Jesus. What is all the arguing about? Jesus asked him, verse 17, one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. He foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth, becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy. But when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into violent convulsion. And he fell on the ground, withering and foaming at the mouth. How long has he been this way? Jesus said to the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. Jesus says, watch this. What do you mean if I can? In other words, of course I can. Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Here's what I love about this story. The father has enough faith to come to Jesus, but the truth is he's struggling to find enough faith to believe that his boy will ever be well. And he says to Jesus, if you're able, and Jesus says, of course I'm able, if you believe anything is possible. And the father's just honest about the weakness of his faith. I think sometimes when we're struggling with an issue and we're praying and we're asking God for a breakthrough and we feel like our faith is weak, we think the secret to the breakthrough is pretending that our faith is strong. This father makes No such effort. He just admits, my faith is weak. Help my unbelief. I love that. And Jesus does it. It says in verse 25, Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing. He rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. I command you to come out of him. Never enter him again. And the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd, and people said, Is he dead? But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer. Oh, now this is such an important idea. So this man comes to the disciples. They're unable to heal him. Brings him to Jesus. Jesus says, oh, you faithless generation. He kind of rebukes the disciples. And then he heals him. And then he says, this is possible for anyone who believes. The father, of course, admits the weakness of his faith. Says, help my unbelief. And Jesus responds to that and heals the boy. What is all of this about? Well, in Matthew chapter 17, we have a few more details about the same story. And in Matthew chapter 17, the same thing happens. Except in Matthew 17, Jesus says, you faithless generation, he says the faith you need is the faith of a mustard seed. So here's what I think is happening in this story. The disciples have been out ministering already. They've got a little experience under their belt. The father brings this demon-possessed boy, and they're trying to heal him. But in that moment, they do not 
ask. I think they've kind of drifted into a little bit of self-sufficiency and they're not depending on God. They're not asking for Jesus's help. And of course, Jesus isn't there and they're unable to heal the boy. And what Jesus rebukes them for is their lack of faith. In other words, you're not trusting in me. You think you can do it without me. You're trying to do without me and you are failing miserably. So Jesus sets the boy free. But it's obvious he's not set free because he has great faith. The boy doesn't have any faith. And it's not because the dad has great faith. He admits, man, I need help with my faith. But he does have, as Jesus says in Matthew 17, the faith of a mustard seed. What does that mean? It means he has enough faith to know if I just come to Jesus. Boy, I hope that encourages you. Listen, no matter what you're going through, the secret is faith. You say, well, Alan, I'm not sure I have enough faith. That's okay. Just like this father, it's okay to admit, God, I don't have a lot of faith. Help my unbelief. Build my faith. Jesus would say, listen, if you just got the faith of a mustard seed, here's what I think he means. If you've got enough faith to turn to me, man, I'm going to step into your life and circumstances. I think what he would say to the disciples, the problem was your inability to heal the boy is you didn't turn to me. And I think he would say to us that the secret to all that we need in life is learning to have enough faith to turn to Jesus. Man, turn to Jesus. No matter what you're going through, turn to Jesus. Now, let me say this. This is so important. We've talked about this so many times lately. When we turn to Jesus and find peace in the midst of our storm, when we turn to Jesus and find inner healing, even though sometimes our body remains broken. Jesus does not always heal. Jesus does not fix every circumstance. In fact, most of our struggles are caused by issues in our heart. And the truth is, if Jesus corrects our heart, a lot of our issues kind of take care of themselves. But the truth is, I think God allows us to live with a measure of pain, a measure of struggle, a measure of trial, a measure of difficulty. Why? Because when there's none of that, we drift into independence. Exactly what the disciples are doing in this story. And when we drift into independence, we lose sight of God and the power of God and things don't work anymore. It's our pain that keeps us coming to Jesus. The reason this man's here with his son is because of his pain. And sometimes our suffering, our struggles, the difficulties we experience in this life, what that does is it drives us into Jesus. And in Jesus, we find what we need. Come on, let's follow after Jesus. Let's trust him. Let's pray for healing in every area and in every way in our lives. And between now and the time our healing comes, let's, let's keep following Jesus. Let's keep asking him to build our faith, knowing that he is going to heal us now or he's going to heal us in eternity. And we will live forever with him in paradise. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for this story and just the instruction. I, I love the fact that this father... He just is honest and admits the weakness of his faith. And I suspect there are people listening today, they're going through some difficult things. And and sometimes we struggle to find the faith to believe, the faith to keep praying, the, the faith for to believe that God's going to do a miracle in my life. Oh God, help our unbelief. Give us the faith of a mustard seed. Give us the faith to keep turning, looking to you and trusting that as we follow you, we will find everything that we need. In Jesus' name, 
we pray. Amen. Well, I hope that encourages you. Thanks for being with me again today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.